Hey everyone, welcome to Navigating the Work Compass. And as you can tell, for once, we're actually not live this week just because life happens and so, but here we are. We wanted to make sure that we still have the conversation because we know we've heard from many of you all about one specific topic that we're gonna talk about today. And that is the benefits that companies can offer employees to help them navigate their way back into the office. We've heard the gamut. There's been everything from mental health services all the way through special food offerings. And so we're just gonna have a conversation today about what we've heard and what we think are actually essentials versus things that are nice to haves and how you can actually go ask your employers for what might actually help you navigate through this thing um, as we go back to the office. So I'm Susan Chapman Hughes, as you all know, I'm a founder and advisor and uh, executive. And I'm here with my co-host, Kate Luzio, who is the CEO of Luminary. And we are excited. And by the way, I just wanna just take a quick second to say thank you to all of you all who have been tuning in. My, I've getting, got emails like literally every week and people are like, this is so valuable. You're sharing this with your friends. You're sharing this with your colleagues. So please keep sharing, keep joining us. Yes. We want to continue to build an audience around this very important topic. So, and by the way, Susan, this is like everyone thinks, oh, come the fall, this topic's going to go away. No, this, this topic is really going to never go away. That's We're right. already seeing like what's happening in LA County and other countries. That's right. Resurgence, what, what does that do? What a mass like, this isn't going away. This is the world we live in. And okay. so companies need to be on their toes. They need to be planning and preparing, but the biggest thing they need to be doing is listening. Absolutely. And so Kate, I know that you all at Luminary had a big conversation about this just recently. So what did you hear? Yeah, I, you know, it's so interesting. I think we, as you and I talk about quite a bit, Luminary is a, has a unique vantage point in that we're talking to small business owners, we're talking to those in transition, and we're also talking to companies that are our partners. And every month we host a corporate roundtable. And this past a week ago, we talked about the great resignation and what companies are doing as they're thinking about return to office. Number one, if you're not thinking about it, you better be, right? You should have been thinking it six months ago because you right. are already almost in August and obviously September is right around the corner. So what did we hear? I'm going to go through five quick things that we heard um, that were very top of mind for, for many of our companies. Some of these are very large companies. Some of these are midsize. Number one is employee surveys. If you're not surveying your employees, you better be. This yeah. is an opportunity to gather real feedback to listen to what employees want. We've talked about this on, on past shows, right? Listen, yeah. listen holistically. Um, there has number two, can we just like hold on that for a second? Yeah, that, um, um, for employee surveys, I think you've got to be really careful about how you survey and yeah. when you survey. Yes. You don't want people to get survey fatigue. Cause I know like if you're like me and every time I like buy something or I order something, this little box pops up and it goes, hey, do you mind taking a survey and giving us feedback? And like by the fifth one, I'm like, you suck and stop asking me questions. And then so, you exactly. And then you quit. So really, then, absolutely. Yes. I think one of the biggest things that we heard was this has to be truly around what the employee wants, right? It doesn't mean that the employees are going to get everything that they want, right. but really around what they want. 
what they're looking for, what has worked this past year for them in their roles, in their jobs, if they're at home, and what they're looking for as the world begins to reopen in whatever shape or form. And that they want to feel that they're not just giving lip service, That's right? right. So, they want to feel the companies are listening. That's And so there's a few things for you leaders out there that I would suggest. The first is one very powerful tool to do um, surveys is skip levels. Yes. And so um, take the time to set up 15 minutes, 30 minutes, or however much time you feel like you can give to it to have skip levels. I remember last year at the beginning of COVID, it was really hard because my organization was so big for me to actually do a lot of like one-to-one -one skip levels. I still did that, but I actually created these panels where um, some were curated and some where people could actually just sign up on their own so that we could actually sit there and go, okay, let's just talk about how you're doing, how you're feeling. And I think there's some just critical questions of check-in with people that you should just be saying and, and genuinely ask them because you care. So when you say like, how are you doing? The first thing that people are gonna do is go, I'm great, everything's wonderful. So it might be helpful for you to actually share how you're doing both good and bad and say, hey, look, guys, I'm really excited about this. Here's how I'm feeling today. Here are the things that I've been struggling with in terms of coming back to the office. I don't know if this is the same for you. These are the things that I'm very excited about and they will open the conversation. And then you also obviously can use the, you know, the regular surveys that you use, but I would suggest you have a multiple a multiple type types of, of approach to get to that, but there's nothing short of the personal touch. It will also help you build more followership because when employees hear you say, "Hey, tell me how you're feeling," and you actually do that, and you reflect back to them and say, here's what I heard from you. And by the way, we know you want five things, but we can only really do one. Right. And when Most you ask for partnership in those things, it really goes a long way for people. So anyway, yeah. this was my thoughts in terms of how I think you can survey people and really have it be effective. And it'll help you in the long run, no matter what you do. No, I agree. And I think that there's there's a combination. There's surveys that are, you know, digital, there are round tables, there are one-on-ones. And I think really sharing, as you mentioned, Susan, as an individual, as a leader, role modeling that and telling you what's worked for you and what hasn't worked, right? If you're a working mom or a caregiver, what has worked, what hasn't worked? Evening meetings, 6 p.m. meetings, 12 yeah. o'clock meetings, that doesn't always work. So really sharing, not just the good stuff, share what hasn't worked so That's that right. people understand that, that you are just like them and we're all trying to figure out the right next step. So surveys and in multiple ways. The next one yeah. is, really do, and we've heard this in our past, uh, in some of our past conversation, is really discern, fairly discern which company roles are remote, which are in office, and which are flexible or in a hybrid situation. Then adjust job descriptions accordingly. Yeah. You know, we have a real opportunity right now to really, as Kim Seymour said um, a few weeks ago, measure by outcome, not by activity. If you are in the office, if you are required to be in the office three days a week and all you're doing is sitting on Zooms, what's the point? What's the purpose of having you back in an office? Right. Um, you know, this is a shout out for all you HR people out there. 
So if you haven't taken a look at level setting your job and roles across your organization, now is your time to do that. And to Kate's point, um, you know, when I used to do this, when I ran real estate, we had home roam hover club, which were the four designations. And we developed a series of questions that allowed us to ask every employee, what were the things, how do you do your job? How do you spend your time? Who do you spend your time with, et cetera? And was able to allow us to designate, hey, who needs a permanent office? Because like, listen, if you're an EA, the last thing you want is to hot desk every day. That's probably not, a, you know, you want people to be able to come find you. But if you're an analyst, you can pretty much be anywhere and like float across the floor. And for some of you all, you actually have jobs where you literally don't need to come to the office. Now, for that, that means you don't have to come to the office for and for to do your job every day. But that means leaders need to be programming opportunities for you to come into the office so you can still build relationship and still engage with your colleagues while you're there. Which really leads to the third component that was brought up and that is really top of mind is the reevaluation of employee benefits. And when we think about benefits, it's not just here's your health care, here's your insurance. This is really around holistically thinking about employees. So that if you are primarily work remotely or you're at home for three of the five days a week, which is totally fine, what are those collaboration opportunities? What are those development opportunities? Again, thinking about just giving employees access to Headspace, no offense to Headspace, and, and Luminary as an example. Right. Right. Can't take advantage of it because they're so overloaded, then what is the point? So thinking about benefits, thinking about mental health resources, which Susan, I know you talk a lot about, thinking yep. about childcare solutions, thinking about em employee appreciation days, great example. When the pandemic hit, Indeed, who full disclosure happens to be a luminary partner, they said, listen, we realize that it is overwhelming, but even when you are supposed to take PTO, you're not doing it. So they need a mandatory every month, one day called a global you day. It's every month. The yeah. whole entire company has to take it. So yeah. it's, a, you could have a long weekend. These are little things that are actually increasing performance and productivity, but also really helping mental health. Um, the other thing is, you know, remote workspace. Let's just say your company, Susan, doesn't really go back to the office, but you live in New York City or an urban area and you have three roommates or you have children or you really need somewhere to go to. Thinking about remote workspaces and other flexible work arrangements that can benefit you. It goes back to that survey and skip levels and understand yeah. listening to your employees. Yeah, I mean, so for like, here's a tip for all you mall owners out there. I know I said this when Becky was mm -hmm. on, that is your next thing for real. If you're smart, you'll be figuring this out right now, both for live and for work for people who live in, you know, places that are not in the major place. But the other, you know, thing from a just a benefits perspective that I would just encourage you to do is around appreciation, right? And so one of the things that we used to do, we started was this thing called Employee Appreciation Day. And it literally was, yeah, let's take the break but we also sent folks a $25 gift card uh, if they were a remote employee, or we had groups where we were able to get together and go to a museum together or um, do something, um, have a lunch together, do a barbecue together. And they were awesome opportunities 
to just say thank you to the employees, but it was also a way for us to be together in a way where there was no pressure. It wasn't like, you know, oh, we got to go to like figure out the next strategy for the business. It was like really an opportunity for people to have downtime, no spouses, no kids, but just really, you could still come to work and go do something fun and exciting with your colleagues and feel appreciated. And I also would just tell you, there's nothing that's short for a handwritten note. So for all of my leaders who were on my team, directors up, I would literally take the time to write each one of them a handwritten note of thank you. Of thank you. And so as you're thinking about people coming back to the office, that is a wonderful tool for you to employ. So write them notes, handwritten notes, yeah. send, them to the, send them home and say, hey, listen, I know this is you know, going to be challenging for many people, but I just wanted to take, you, take the time to let you know, A, that I appreciate you, that I'm so glad to have you on the team, and I'm listening, and you can feel free to call me and share with me whatever you're feeling, and I'd love for you to help us lead through this transition and, and time. And that alone will buy you so much followership and so much engagement from people because you will, they will appreciate the fact that despite everything that's going on, you took the time. Yeah, you know, you really sort of take off the manager hat and you put on the leader hat when you do that. Right. It's well, not- You never wear the manager hat. You always wear the leader hat, but I'm with you. People <laughs> as they're learning and developing, yeah, you know, for true. a lot of people in this situation, Number one, you're talking about new people managers. You're talking about people yeah. that never were re managed remote workforces. So yeah. this has been a huge learning curve for lots of people. And I think yeah. that, you know, not everybody is yet a leader, right? It takes time. It takes practice, you know. So we've got to also think about how do they have those opportunities to really shine as a leader, not just as that manager producing results. And so Absolutely. I think that is a um is a is a is a big part of that you know susan the other thing that you know we talked about you know you mentioned the malls and and childcare. i was at a dinner last night we host the whisper network at luminary and um one of the women said i work full time i would love to get my children back in childcare, but i live in the south bronx and the child care facility that is i used has never reopened yeah. i don't have anywhere to put them even if yeah. I could. So yeah. we have to realize it's not just, okay, childcare facilities have opened, schools are opening camps. Not everyone actually has access to them. So companies- That's a great point. Right? That's a great point. And that, you know, look, I've said this a hundred times. So I'm gonna say it 101, this is the 101st <laughs> time that I'll say it. Um, business leaders are gonna have to figure out how to connect with the social needs of their employees. Otherwise the employees are gonna opt out and go do something else. Childcare is one of the top issues that every parent I know, childcare and elder care, by the way, uh, that, that every person I know who's working is thinking about, almost yes. everyone. And so those companies who are actively trying to solve for these problems to help create solutions, because listen, you know, I've heard some people say, oh, well, we have backup childcare and it's right near the office. Well, you're not trying to drag your three kids on the subway from the South Bronx downtown to go put them in backup childcare. That just doesn't work. Right. So you're going to have to get local, which means you got to understand where your people are. What are the resources that are available to them? You're going to have to partner with organizations who can meet the need where the need is and not where it's convenient for them. 
for them. I, I think that's a great example. I think we we heard that last week from when we were talking to Becky around companies that are now partnering with childcare facilities, right? It's not as easy as we think to just set up a daycare in your building, that's right? right. Um, but partnering, thinking about in a few blocks vicinity, what what is available? Can and also by the way, can the your employees actually bring those children to that office vicinity, right? Like you said, yeah. if you're commuting, are you really going to drag your two-year-old, your three-year-old on the train, on a you know, in a car just for childcare? So all of these things That's that right. I think we took for granted, yes. to be honest, um, before not not necessarily as the working parents, but as the companies. Oh well, everyone just has access to it; they can take care of it. That is changing. Yes. Um, so when we think about employee benefits. It is such a big topic. We could spend a whole a whole session just on those benefits. But right. let's talk about a, a, another one. Four of the five is the senior leadership team must be on board. That's so right. for overall alignment, more and more senior leadership teams are seeking out initiatives and launching whatever it's a task force. If it's if it's the the the, um, the skip levels to ensure that their employees are taken care of. Role modeling, right? Right. Is super critical. Say that but one more time. <laughs> role modeling. Role modeling. Yes. Right. Um, and that's not just hey, my boss. My boss's boss told me to be in, so that's I gotta be in, and that's my role modeling behavior. No, that that's not role modeling. Um, right. But as we think of policy, right, the, the the dangerous P word, we have to think of both a bottoms up and a top down approach. That's right, because you can't role model something that you don't understand. Exactly. Um, you know, there's no question that many senior leaders, particularly in corporate roles, are in a very different financial situation than a lot of the people that they work with, right? And so they have access to childcare that can come to their home. They have a second home that they can go to. I mean, you've seen this, this, this divide as a result of the pandemic has only gotten wider. And so, um, you know, I saw a thing. Spaceship, today. you have access to oh a my God, so I saw this thing today um, and it said, this captures America exactly. And it had the pictures of Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson Going to the moon and the Chiron, the Chiron underneath it said millions of Americans um, losing uh, their jobs, living below the poverty line. And so that's literally what we find ourselves in because there are a lot of working poor people who work at your company. Even if you're like a big company, like, you know, a big financial services company, there's still people who work at your company either directly or through your vendors who are working poor people. And so you need them to be successful in your role. So do yourself a favor and really find out what the issues are that they're facing. I guarantee you, they likely will be very different than the things that you thought of and, and listen to them. And most importantly, invite them to the table to be a part of solving the issue. There's nothing worse than, I'm just gonna say it, privileged people making decisions for people without context. How many times have we seen that? Let's not make this one of those times. Include them in the conversation and give them real power to make a difference. So, you know, if you're the CEO and you're used to being the one who makes the deciding vote, actually give it to somebody who's who's in the boat yeah. to make the decision. Yeah, It'll and this be so much for you. 
And this is not just big companies, right? I mean, I, I just use anecdotally Luminary, right? You know, we're, we're a sm small company, we're growing, but we're a small business, we're self-funded. Yep. It's not like, but early on in the pandemic, I, I, you know, we didn't, we lost a sh lot of our revenue and we had to right. make decisions rather than making that decision for my staff at the time, you know, about 20 people, I basically took it to them and said, what decisions would you make personally for yourself? Yeah. And it you know, that brought us more together as a team. It got us yeah. better prepared. It also allowed us to better talk to our customers. And That's I think right. what's oftentimes forgotten about in a lot of these companies is, yes, there's an employee, but there's ultimately a customer. And how are you reflecting your customers, right? That's so right. if all of your customers are at home and you're making all of your people go back into an office five days a week, how does that translate, right? You know, the other thing that we just talked about listening, and I know we're, we're a couple of minutes to time, um, the last thing really ties to listening uh, that you mentioned is really transparency, right? Yeah. Employees want communication, they want it fast, they want it often, and they want to feel like they're a part of it, not that they're being dictated to. So how can an, an employee receive information? How can they react to that information? We've seen it happen over the last couple of weeks with Apple sort of saying, wait a second, you made all this policy and you didn't even ask us. No, we are telling you what we want and what we right. want you to consider. So I will, um, on this note, leave you with something that my mother used to tell me all the time, which is people who want something from you tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. People who care about you tell you the truth. Yeah. They can handle the truth, but if you don't give them the truth, then you break trust. And if you yeah. break trust, they won't follow you. I don't care if the results are coming in. I don't care if the numbers are there. What happens is the organization starts to migrate through fear. And that works when there are times where, you know, people are scared for their jobs. They're concerned about what, you know, they're going to be able to do. But with the economy coming back, Mm -hmm. And with many companies making all kinds of changes, people are going to vote with their feet. We're already seeing it where a lot of folks are saying, you know what, this place doesn't work for me. I'm going to go do something else. And so if you're not careful, you're going to lose some of your best talent if you're not transparent and if you're not thoughtful around how you bring them under the tent. And goes to your cut back to your customer, right? There's a That's reason right. companies exist for their customers. Your employees are going to go vote with your feet and your customers are going to vote with their dollar. Yes. And if you have neither, then that's true. You're in big trouble. Right? Yeah, you know, listen, um, there's this uh, thing that, you know, we all hear, which is like, if you're not eating your own cooking, it's hard to go out there and expect your customers to buy it. And so the culture and the way you develop and manage the people inside your organization, your customers are watching that. Absolutely. And if they feel as though you're not doing what's right for those people, I mean, I was just, you know, looking at the news earlier and we're seeing where the employees are saying, nope. And the customer saying, I'm not going to buy there because you don't treat your employees well. And so this is a unique opportunity for them. It's a, it, by the way, let's, let's call it what it is. This is a massive opportunity in society to change the way we think about work to change the way we think about the employer-employee relationship and yeah. actually how we can take this 18 months or whatever it's been and use it for good versus going back to what the way it was. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Not a good thing. Exactly. Right. Well, I think we're close to time. Um, and so thank you all for joining us as always. I do want to just 
um, address one question that I have gotten consistently over the last couple of weeks, which is like, can we make the show an hour? I know. Well, yes. We're not making the show an hour. <laughs> we appreciate that. Uh, we really just want to make this such that you can sit and have your lunch and have, you know, listen in, hopefully take away some valuable things. You can use that extra 30 minutes to call your friends and tell them to watch the show or share the insights that you learned from the show. But we're going to keep this to 30 minutes. Snackable content. That's right. That's right. So, so we uh, appreciate you joining us. Thank you for coming on to Navigating the Work Compass and come join us again next week at noon Eastern time on LinkedIn Live. And stay safe and stay healthy. Yes. There is still a pandemic happening. Yeah, that Delta variant, as uh, our Madam Vice President said, is no joke. It's no joke. <laughs> so be yes. safe, protect yourself, get vaccinated. Thanks, Susan. We'll see you next week. All right, great. Awesome. Bye, everyone.